Hey everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and on this episode of the Towncast, we are celebrating the 47th anniversary of the movie Jaws. Uh, now, if you guys aren't aware, next Monday, June 27th, we're going to have a special free screening of the movie Jaws at the Hawthorne Theater at 7 p.m. But make sure you go to our website, thetowncast.com, or we're posting it all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, forget about Twitter, I don't know how to use Twitter. Anyway, uh, we're putting it all over our social media. Go to Eventbrite and make sure you get your tickets because we, we, we don't want to overcrowd it and we want to make sure everybody gets a ticket. So make sure you go and get your tickets. Uh, again, you'll see it all over Facebook and all over Instagram. Make sure you go to the Eventbrite page and order your tickets. But today, uh, today we're going to be talking to a... I didn't even know that this guy knew so much about the movie Jaws and, and how the whole movie came about. I don't know if you guys were aware that it was based on some events that happened right here in New Jersey. Uh, so uh, we have Brendan Anthony's our special guest and our... Uh, our professor of Jaws history, and uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. All right, enjoy the episode, everybody, and hopefully we'll see you at the movies. Stone and Rail. Let me, let me start out by saying that I'm with Brendan Anthony. I'm going to explain who Brendan Anthony is for you guys that don't know. Everybody knows who Brendan is at this point. Uh, so we're at the Stone and Rail in Glen Rock, right on Rock Road. If you guys don't know where this place is, you can't miss it. If you go down uh, Rock Road, it's right by the, the main station, the main train station. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's such a great place. The atmosphere is awesome. They have great happy hour menu uh so yeah happy hour drinks happy hour food and when you come in it's, it's wide open the bar is great the bartenders are great our, our waitress cassie has been tremendous and then the coolest thing is that you could see where the train is like if you have, if you're waiting for people or if you're waiting for the train you can see where the train is and uh you know know that you have to finish your drink or finish your food real quick because the train's coming uh but that's not what we're here to talk about today we are here to talk about today is June 20th, the 47th anniversary of this movie. And, and next week, June 27th, Monday, June 27th, we have a special screening at the Hawthorne Theater. The Towncast rented out the Hawthorne Theater, and we're going to screen for free Jaws. It starts at 7 o'clock. Make sure you go to thetowncast.com. Uh, we should have the Eventbrite. Uh, Eventbrite uh, link there so you can go you can order your tickets uh, it's it's limited to 250 people and and we're 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 more than a we're almost a third of the way there so we want to make sure that you get up there you get your tickets it's free absolutely free uh, and it's going to be at the Hawthorne Theater at 7 o'clock on June 27th 
It's all over social media, so make sure you pass it on to your friends and family and get everybody uh, get everybody crowded. Now, Brendan Anthony, first of all, good to see you, brother. Good to see you, brother. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Happy Jaws Day. Happy Jaws Day. Do you remember when the movie first came out? I do, vividly. Yeah. Did, where did you see it? My older brother, Daryl, right? He... Uh, Decided to take me along with his friends to uh, Garden State Plaza. They had an outdoor. Oh yeah, 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 That's before the. That's before that uh, mall became yeah, the indoor. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the drive in there. Yeah. And so uh, I vividly remember my brother's friend Mike going, "Oh yeah, your younger brother. He's brave. He's brave. He's coming to see the movie and all that stuff, right?" <laughs> so the movie starts, and as soon as Chrissy is attacked. Remember, right. yeah, I'm in the back seat. This girl, yeah, I'm in the back seat crying. <laughs> oh no! And that's just the beginning. That was in the first five minutes of the wow. movie, and I ruined the whole movie for him. Did they have to take you home? No, 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 you didn't. Uh, of course, yeah, I was not. in the back. I was in the back. <laughs> but I, I was just like, oh man, I, I still think about that, that night, and the first time I, I saw that movie to this day, man. And I still apologize to my brother. I'm like, damn, I'm sorry. I, I, I ruined the whole movie for you. Know? It was it was so terrifying. It's it's one of those movies that, and I'm sure you guys will agree, it, it's it, it, it's timeless. I mean, it is as scary today as it was in 1975. It is completely timeless, and and that to me, that's one of the indications of a classic. And it definitely is. Oh yeah. definitely is a classic. Yeah. The one thing about it is that. They made it in the ocean. There's yeah. no CGI. Yeah. There's no nothing like that. And, and, and originally, it was going to be a very campy flick. You know, Spielberg wanted a lot of blood and guts. Yeah. And then the shark was malfunctioning most of the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, it's the shark the was malfunctioning. Ever. The gun was malfunctioning. Yeah. So it turned into a Hitchcock flick. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they couldn't shoot the shark. The shark, was, you know, if it's not working, you can't, you know, you yeah, can't yeah, yeah. shoot it. So, so the barrels, you, you know, the whole... The, the whole, you know, with, with the barrels in the ocean and all that stuff, and the underwater and all that stuff, and, and, the, and the music itself will just, oh yeah, will kill you when you hear it. That, yeah. That's it's one of the most recognizable themes. As soon as you hear that theme, it just brings back all those memories. Oh, it's yeah. amazing how two notes. Yeah, it's two notes. Da, da, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And and this was this was I think this was Spielberg's first major motion picture. He he. He did a made-for-TV movie called Duel, uh, which I have a copy of. It's, it's one of my favorite hey, movies, man. and we're gonna we're gonna bring that guy up soon. Uh, it's one of my favorite. Right, movies. By the way, Duel is a fantastic movie. Great movie. Fantastic. Great way. It came out a couple years before Jaws. Yeah. Very you know low budget. Uh, it, it, just like Jaws, Jaws itself was a low budget film, and and he proved himself. And he think he was like 23 years old. I'm gonna have all the facts ready for the screening because I'm going to take the first couple minutes before we screen the show, the movie, and, uh, and give you some of these interesting facts. But so Brendan Anthony, for you guys that don't know Brendan, Brendan is a very gifted songwriter, musician, plays all over this area, uh, all over New North Jersey, and, and is the writer, the composer, the performer of the, the town cast theme song, Hometown. So you can find Hometown if you Google it, you can hear it on SoundCloud. Uh, you can hear it. You, you can hear it everywhere. You can look him up. 
Uh, but Thank the reason why we brought Brendan on today is because he is also a resident expert in the movie Jaws. You have, you have so many, just when we were talking a little bit, so many cool facts. And, and just to give you an idea how much he's into this movie, uh, go ahead, show, show, him, show him what you brought along. All right. So I think that we could have this available pre-movie too. If you wanted to have this book movie night too, yeah. this happens to be a fantastic coffee table book of the making of the movie. And it has like all of these incredible pictures in it. So highly recommended. Um, and we could always leave this like in the lobby if somebody wanted to flip through it. Maybe. Sure, Maybe. Right. If, I could yeah. take, if I could pull it out of my house. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna loan it to Flam. I may not get it back. And there, there are so many cool pieces of, you know, cool uh, pieces of history and, and the whole way that this this movie even happened. And then here's this, this, uh, is, this is when you can tell someone is a real fan. Yeah, I mean, check that out. If you hold it this way, hang on, you got to hold it this way. Oh, I got to hold it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah I I mean, look at that. Yeah. Look at that right there. Da -da, da -da. <laughs> Scariest sneakers you're ever going to wear. <laughs> and he'll have them on the 27th. Yeah, you'll I'll have wear them. them. I'll wear them. And you'll see those shoes. And check out the inside of the shoes. I love that. Yeah, and the inside of the shoes. Can you see that? <laughs> Beach is perfect. So, so I wanted to bring him on because he's got a lot of interesting facts. I don't know if a lot of you people know that the book written by Peter Benchley, uh, the book Jaws that the movie was adapted from, was actually based on, on attacks that happened in New Jersey, right? 1916, yep. So, so talk a little bit about that. Okay, so let's go back to 1916, the summer of 1916. <laughs> <laughs> uh, incredible heat wave, right? Uh, the polio outbreak was happening. Right. So everybody from New York and Philadelphia are heading to the Jersey Shore because they finally discovered beachgoers, it was still kind of new back then, so they discovered the, the breezes off of the ocean really, really uh, got oh. everybody out of that that intolerable heat wave. Right. And then, um, and then people discovered swimming in the ocean. It was really refreshing. I mean, which, a lot of. Do you remember which beach it is? Oh yeah. Yep. Which one? Well, th there's going to be two beaches involved with the attacks. The first one is Beach Haven. Right. And let's go back to Saturday, July 1st of 1916 in Beach Haven at the Angleside Hotel, right, right outside of the Angleside Hotel. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Charles Van Sant from Philadelphia very, comes from a very affluent family. The whole family is visiting, uh, is vacationing in Beach Haven. And at about five o'clock, Charles Van Sant decides to go for a swim before dinner. Right, and so there is a dog that's on the beach, kind of like frolicking in the sand. And, and, and so he says, "Hey, well, I got a swimming partner." So, oh, wow. so he goes into the water. The dog goes into the water. The dog is following Charles, you know, swimming. He's a, he's a he's a good swimmer. He's in real good shape. And then, for some reason, the dog turns around and heads back to the beach. Really, like, and he just for no reason. Nobody knew why, right? So, so I mean, Charles' father, and, and his, and he comes from a family with three sisters. So there's one sister on the beach, and the dog is on the beach. So people hear Charles yelling, right? They think that he's yelling at the dog, 
And then all of a sudden, the lifeguard, Alexander Ott, who was an Olympic swimmer, realizes there's something much more wrong than this. So Alexander Yacht and a bystander, they run into the ocean and drag Charles out. The shark would not let go of Charles. No, he still had him. He still had him. They, they, are, dragging the, they are dragging Charles in and the shark with him. Right. Number one, how brave is that? I mean, just think about that. Alexander and that bystander had no... They went in there. To, they're heroes. Was he still alive? That the, the, yeah. He was yeah. still alive. Right? As soon as they get into shallower water, the shark lets go. Right? They bring him on the beach. It, it's, it, it is just fatal, fatal wounds. They bring him into the angle side. They bring him into the, uh, into the lobby there. And in two hour, within two hours, just, he probably just bled out. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. And then, so word gets out to New York City, the, the Museum of Natural History, and Philadelphia, the Fish and Game Commission. Right. And uh, a side note: um, before this, nobody ever thought a shark would attack a human. Right. There's no. There was never ever a recorded, a recorded. incident. Oh, really? A re, a, a, a so this recorded. is like the first recorded incident in the history of the United States. This is the first recorded incident of a shark. No wonder why he was inspired by this. Yeah. Wow. And so, uh, you know what they do? They're in complete denial. There's Didn't no happen. way a shark would have done this. Had to be something else. Yep. They blamed it on a sea turtle. <laughs> a um, sea turtle. Yep. Uh, they went as far as saying if it was a shark. The shark was going after the dog. Oh yeah, couldn't, couldn't and, and not the human. Not a human. They didn't even think that a shark's jaws could break a human bone. They, they so they basically they, knew nothing about sharks. They knew nothing. They knew nothing. And was it was it a great white shark? Or they don't know. You're, you're spoiling the whole. All right, thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're getting I'm ahead sorry. of yourself. I know. I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting all into it. The, the, yeah, I don't want to ruin. It. You know, let's wait. I, I want the suspense to be killing. All right. Me. All right. Anyway. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Hey, guys, we're going to eat. We're going to eat while, while we record this. So, God. Um, so, what happens is the beaches stay open, right? And they, everybody is... It, you got to remember, like, this is big money for the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Right? I mean, big, big money is coming. Yeah, incredible hotels. Uh, and so, New York City... Philadelphia. Yeah, thanks, Cassie. Hey, Cassie, can I get a glass of water with no ice, please? Thank you. And so, big money down. So, beaches stay open, and then January, uh, I'm sorry, July 6th comes around. 40 miles north in Spring Lake, right? I, from the Essex, Essex and Sussex Hotel, a young man by the name of Charles Bruder takes a daily swim. Right, it's early afternoon in the ocean. In the ocean. Yep. And he's 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 a very good swimmer. And so he swims, and then everybody on the beach hears, I mean, screams, right? And he was being attacked by a shark, right? The one woman on the beach goes, tells the lifeguard, goes, hey, you know, there's a canoe out there, a red canoe overturned 
and it's like it's on it's on the level of the water. That's how much blood was in the water. She thought it was a canoe wow, overturned, a red, a red canoe overturned, right? So they so lifeguards being very very attentive know something's wrong. They take a boat out there and they. Oh, thank you. And they uh, and they they get him on the boat and uh, and he. Leads to death on the boat heading back to shore. And that was just five days after this July 1 five, five days after. So you have to imagine it's the same shark. Obviously, there's food here. Yep. Let me just keep yep. scouring the, the shore. Yep. And normally a shark is headed north. What happened was the Gulf Stream, the warm Gulf Stream, was closer to the coast than it ever was. Because of the heat wave. Yep. Yeah, and this is so, you know, as a side note, there's, there's been a lot of warming, you know, there's been a lot of these heat waves, not just recent that we're having these heat waves. It's, it's, we've had episodes throughout our history where we've had these kind yeah. of heat waves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so uh, what that does to not only the eastern seaboard, but the whole country now, um, it, it's a panic. Now the sharks are real. That was a real shark attack. Right. Were they able and, to like admit it and, finally? Yep. They were able to admit it, and it became front page news all the way to San Francisco. Wow. And this is, by the way, there was no social media. You know, what I mean, like now something happens and you know it in you know it's four seconds. This is like for for it to travel from the East Coast to the West Coast is monumental news. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, all of this, side note, all of this is just playing right into the hands of Peter Benchley right now. <laughs> all of this, ha all of this is, is happening, right, in New Jersey in 1916. And so July, so July 6th changed everything. Right. Right. And so you had the panic. So what you had was you had the governors of New Jersey get together, all of the business owners get together, because in the next couple of days, people were stopped going to the shore. I, that's how much of a panic it was. It, it was called, uh, the shark was called the Jersey Maneater, and the, uh, the Museum of Natural History in New York, the, uh, the, the film and game guy there, uh, Fred Lucas, I believe his name was, was still almost in denial. How are you retaining all this information? I'm already, I've already forgot what he said in the beginning of this thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so he's an ethological. Ah, I'm gonna. I almost, almost dropped the f-bomb there. Hold on a second. That's <laughs> um, right. There's no editing on theologist. Ethologist. Ah, forget it. Uh, studies uh, mammals. Okay. Right. And so. Um, Panic, they're losing money, right? So steel nets go up in the water. Like the hotel owners, the, the local businesses are trying to keep keep people safe. There are rowboats. I mean, the slaughter of sharks happened after July 6th. They just they just decided to kill, kill all ev of them. everything. Wow. Yeah, every, everything, right? Like in the movie, like in the movie, you have the rowboats. They drop, you know, they're just slaughtering everything. It's a free yeah, throw. Yeah, dropping right. hand grenades and whatever else. Throw. Yeah, the hand grenades are wow. coming up. Right, so, um, so all of this chaos is happening. 
happening. This panic is happening, right? So on July 12th in Matawan, New Jersey, right? There is the Matawan Creek. And it's right off a of keyport in the Raritan Bay. Okay. Right? So small little you know, small little town. I love Matawan. It's so cool. It's just such a quaint main street there and all that stuff. And um, there is a captain, a sea captain, who lives in Keyport. His name is Thomas Cottrell. Right? He, he, does, he fishes daily. Right? So he, he walks. There is a bridge in Keyport that I've actually walked across. It was an old wooden bridge back then, but now it's a legitimate bridge. That, that where the Raritan Bay leads into the Matawan Creek. And he goes there on July 12th, and he say, he just looks down, and what does he see? No. A shark goes right under him. Like in the movie. And goes, heads upstream into the creek. Just like in the movie when it goes under the bridge and it's heading yep. into the pond. You got into it. that little inlet. You got wow. it, man. You're getting it now. Well, you're well, you, you getting um, And so what does he do? He calls up. The chief of police. Not on a cell phone. He has no, to he, he, runs, he, he runs into a phone. He says, there's a shark heading up Matawan Creek. They don't believe him. Yeah, how could they? They don't believe him. What does he do? He gets into a boat. He cruises up Matawan Creek to the Wyckoff Dock. Right. It's called the Wyckoff Dock. Right. Right. He gets out of the boat. He runs into Matawan. He's screaming, there's a shark in Matawan Creek. In the meantime, a handful of young boys miss them. They're coming in an opposite, oh, they're heading no. this way because to relieve themselves of the heat, they would jump in Matawan Creek, right? They miss them and they jump into Matawan Creek, right? And uh, Lester Stillwell is an 11 year old epileptic, right? All, all of the, the, the other boys really like him. He, he's a good kid. Yeah, yeah. And so they all jump in, uh, you know, they feel great, having a great having time. having fun like they do every other day. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and they see, well, they, they see like what they think is like a log coming towards them, like, like some kind of discolored log. Right. I mean, it's murky. It, it's a creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, not like, yeah. it's not like the Bahamas or something like that where you can see. And so Lester Stillwell... He, try, he tries to show off for the guys, and he gets on his back, and he starts floating, right? And he floats into the deepest section of Matawan Creek. And then the fin comes up. The boys see the fin. They start screaming towards him, and the shark just takes him, right? And guess who Lester Stillwell is in the movie? The Kittner kid. The Kittner boy. The Kittner right. boy, right? Where else is that going to come from? Right, right. right. And so wow. the shark takes them under. The boys run out of the creek. They run up in the main street, screaming, there's a shark in Matawan Creek. So Stanley Fisher, he's a local business businessman, uh, good athlete, good guy, him and two other guys. In fact, most of the town come out towards the White Wolf Dock. You know, now they're hanging out on the White Wolf Dock. Stanley Fisher and two of his friends, they dive into the creek. They're, they're looking for Lester. Well, what Stanley didn't Stanley didn't believe the boys because Lester was an epileptic, and he thought he had a seizure. Oh, okay. So he's diving in the water. He's trying to find the body. Trying well, to find him and pull him up. Trying to find him and pull him up. And um, 
his two friends, you know, they're all taking breaks, they're all waiting in the water. His one friend, something rushes by him in the water. He could feel it. He could feel that the shark was circling. And it was brushing up against him. Right? So he says, I've had enough. I've had enough. Right? So his two friends come out. Stanley, he really wants to find Lester. He cares about the young man. Yeah, yeah, he cares sure. about him. So he makes one more dive. He finds Lester. Right? His body, the shark like wedged Lester like in between. I, I don't know what it, I, I forget what it was, but it, he, was let, he was wedged. So he finds him. When he comes to the surface, the shark attacks Stanley Fisher in front of the town. This happens. So they're all they're all gathered around and they're now watching. They this are happen. witnessing a shark attack. Wow. So uh, th there is a couple of guys. They finally it's like a tug of war. They finally get Stanley out of the shark's mouth. Right. Lester uh, Stanley understandably loses Lester. Yeah. Right, right, because he's getting Yeah, tight. yeah. So, so Lester's gone again. Lester was, by the way, he, he was dead. So um, they get Stanley out of the water. I mean, he's like, he's in bad shape. They get him on a train to, to Long Branch. To, they try to get him to Monmouth University Hospital. Right. And he, died, he dies like two hours later. Right. And so... So now it's like there's no denying this is happening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And just just think about the horror of that. Just see something like that. It's just like like incredible, right? So so the mayor of Madawan says uh, is going to give a hundred dollar reward to whoever catches the shark. They they put nets up. They start dropping dynamite. All right, like in the movie. Start dropping dynamite in the creek. Everybody's shooting. I mean, people are grabbing stuff off of the from the. Everybody kitchen. wants the hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah which back going then it's probably like ten thousand yeah. dollars. Oh yeah, now. yeah, it was incredible. And so no shark, right? Oh, I have to. Let me back up a minute. Um, I jumped the gun a little bit. Thirty minutes after Stanley Fisher and Lester were attacked. Downstream, Thomas Dunn, his brother and a friend, they're from New York City, they jumped into the creek. Right? And I I gotta reread the book. In fact, I should bring the book with me. Um, Twelve Days of Terror by Richard Fernicola. Based on this. Based on this. That's a book that I read. Wow. And so uh, 30 minutes later, Thomas Dunn. They're swimming, and I believe, and I gotta, I gotta correct myself on this, and I will correct, I will, I will correct myself if I'm wrong. But I believe somebody on the side of the creek saw the shark coming towards him, right, and said shark, and they, they tried to get out of the water. The shark grabbed on to Thomas Dunn's leg, and it was another tug of war. They, they were, they pulled Thomas Dunn out of the shark's mouth, he was the only one that survived. He actually survived. He was in the hospital for two months, and he had a limp for the rest of his life. Right, but they but he survived. Made he survived. He made survived it. that attack. Wow. Yep. So That's so then, sorry, I'll I'll retrace my steps to July 14th. Um, everybody's looking for the shark, right? And um, there is a gentleman by the name of Michael Schlesser. 
right? He's a New York City taxidermy. He's in an eight-foot rowboat, him and his partner, oh, and they're and they're just they have a net and they're just trying to catch bait fish in Raritan Bay. Okay, right? Guess who comes along and gets caught in their net? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's right out of you can't write this stuff, right? The shark. That's why Peter Benchley did. I mean, it was all Until real then. for him. You're right. He didn't have to You're think right. of anything. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, it's he didn't. all real. Yeah. And so the shark gets tangled up in their net. It almost takes the boat down. I imagine, yeah. yeah. These two guys, the only thing they have is a broken oar. That's the only thing they have to fight themselves with, right? They end up killing a shark. The shark's in the net. Somehow, the oar. They kill the shark with the oar. It was an eight-foot juvenile great white shark. It was a great white. See, I thought, I thought when I'd heard that story, I thought it had to be a bull shark. Because That's, bull sharks can adapt to fresh water, and so they're the only one. It's uh, one of the only fish that can do know, that. You want to know how this happened? How? Okay, so Matawan Creek has a lot, you know, the saline in it, the salinity, what they call it, yeah, the yeah. salt in the water. It varies per day. I mean, you can think of a creek as being, yeah, eh, it's it depends probably... On, it depends on high tide, low tide. And it also depends on the full moon. There was a full moon that July 11th, 12th, however long a full moon lasts, right. for a couple of hours that day, the salinity was two times the amount. That's why. That's and, why it was able to survive. And they go, and you want to hear like a real chilling thing from the book. On July 11th, some of the boys that were with Lester Stillwell, I believe some of the boys that were with Lester that day on July 12th, July 11th, one of them commented on July 11th, he goes, there's a monster in the creek. That's what the young boy said. Right. So, he, he must have felt something. Yeah. Like, um, wow. And so, July 14th, a taxidermy from New York City, trying to catch bait, catches, catches the, Jer the Jersey man-eater. The Jersey man-eater. Cuts, cuts it open, guess what comes out of it? Everything. A boy's, a boy's leg bone that was missing from Lester Stillwell. I, I don't, you know, I mean, it was... Yeah, when I mean, you're well, you, see, you see it in the movie, if you, you guys that have seen it, and this is no spoiler alert, if you guys have not seen Jaws already, I don't even know what to tell you. It's been around for 47 years. But that one scene in the movie where they say you got to cut it open to see what's, what it's digested. It's very slow to digest, yep. and, and which they did. and It's exactly what, what the taxidermy did. He I don't want that kitten the kid spilling all over the dock. Yeah, dude, yeah. Where do you think they got that from? I mean, you know, come on. And you know it's what? Incredible. They never say, like, based on a true story, inspired by a true story. I've never seen that in the movie. But the book, which is inspired, you know, which was based on a you know, true story, inspired by, because now, is, you know, now they could say inspired by it. It only has to be a little part of what actually yeah. happened. But so much of what you're saying, so much of what happened, is in the movie and is in the book. Where, I mean, where are you going to get the idea of a dog frolicking on a beach? Right, and that, yeah, exactly. Now, here's the one thing, and again, spoiler alert. Everybody, like Flavia <laughs> says, everybody should have seen this movie by now. And I'm gonna, I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody because I got a couple quirks with it. It basically because I'm overanalyzing things, you know, because I was crying my eyes out after the first five minutes in 1975 when the movie came out. Right. Now I'm vindicating myself exactly. for being overanalytical, <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, 
the dog Pippet in the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, probably getting in the ocean. Yeah. Trust me, that dog would have ran out of that ocean. Oh, it, faster than you would not believe because the dog has that sense. It knows. It yeah, knows it, what's happening. Just like in Beach Haven, but it would the not dog been, would have hightailed it out. It would not have been as much fun in the left. Like I'll pull Pippet. And then you see the little stick floating. Of course, yeah, yeah. Suspense. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Suspense. And that's the other thing that's amazing about this movie is if you come and watch it or if you watch it at home, I, I encourage you guys to come and watch it June 27th, a week from tonight, 7 p.m. And the reason why we wanted to rent the theater and thank you to George and, and the whole family that allowed us to do it is, is because when the movie came out June 20th, if you notice in the movie, they want to open the beaches because it is 4th of July weekend, bu busiest weekend. And I'm going to let you eat a little bit because I'm going to talk a little bit about this guy. So, so if you watch the movie, it takes place. You know, they don't really say where it is. There's no place called Amity. A lot of people thought it might have been Long Island, but it actually they filmed it in Martha's Vineyard, and and they had a lot of locals from the community that were the extras. Uh, and, and again, it was low budget, so it's like, hey, you want to be in a movie? Be on the beach at this time. But the coolest thing is, and I, and I got to give a shout out. I got to make sure I pronounce his name right. Steve, Steve Lackenauer. Steve Lackenauer, a Glenrock resident. As I was sitting here setting up, comes up. He asked me what we were doing, and he gave me this cool fact that I had no idea. If you remember the movie, in the movie, the little kids, the one kid that had that fake fin that he put, and he was using the fake fin to kind of scare people. That child, that child actor, is now the chief of police of Martha's Vineyard. How cool is that? He's the chief Brody of Martha. He's the actual chief Brody now of Martha's Vineyard. I thought that was so cool. So thanks to Steve. He's still sitting here uh, for, uh, for sharing that with us. And by the way, he married a Hawthorne girl. So congratulations on uh, Steve on picking up a Hawthorne girl. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> uh, that's unbelievable. Oh, show the inside of the box. Look at that. Oh, yeah, sure. Cool as that. <laughs> so so when did you start, like, picking up all these facts on, on, on the movie or, or the, the piece of history? I would say, and I would highly recommend a couple of books for everybody. Um, uh, Dr. Fernicola's book, 12 Days of Terror, and then Closer to the Shore is another one. And you can YouTube a lot of stuff, too, if everybody wanted to visually see it. Um, about five years ago, it was right around the 100-year anniversary of the 1916 shark attacks, okay. 2016, that I, that I decided to um, really wanted to get to know everything better. You know, you knew of them. And so, so, so what I did in 2016 is that I kind of wanted to bring everything to life. So I went down to Beach Haven in Spring Lake, and I jumped in the ocean. In the Angleside Hotel, wow. uh, the original structure isn't there anymore, but the Angleside Hotel is still there in Beach Haven. So I said, yeah, let me just wade out in the water. You know, let me go out 40, 50 yards. Maybe relive it. I'll, I'll, like, turn around. I'll float around a little bit. I'll be like, hey, man, this is cool. I'm bringing the book to life. Same thing in Spring Lake out of the, uh, the Essex and Sussex Hotel, right? I'm doing that. You know, I get out there, I'm waiting in the water. You know what the first thing that comes to mind? Jaws music starts playing in my head, and I, <laughs> and I hightailed it out of the water, man. 
Dude, I did not go in the ocean. I, I don't even, it was years. It was years that I didn't go in the ocean. And, and, and Steve, Steve was telling me a story before when I was talking to him. Again, shout out to you, Steve, thank you. Where he went, he went to the beach in uh, 1981, I think he said, when Jaws 2 came out. And, and he's, he's at the beach when there was an actual shark attack, when it was happening. Like it happened at, when Jaws 2 came out, or Jaws, yeah, Jaws 2 came out, he was at that beach. And it's still, to this day, it, it, it scares me. And like you said, the song, the music, when you hear that music, you just, it takes you right back. It takes you, you can't confuse that with anything else. And there are, there are a lot of great, great themes like that, you know, and I, I believe it was John Williams that, that wrote, wrote that score. Yes. Uh, which, you know, he's always been, he's been connected to Steven Spielberg forever since yeah. that time. Yeah, Close Encounters. Yeah. Which, by the way, has the two notes in Close Encounters. When the alien ship, the mother ship comes down, they play. Really? Yeah, watch it again. Watch that scene again. I will. You'll catch it. And here's, a, here's it. a piece of trivia for you. So in the movie Duel, when, I'm not going to, for you guys that haven't seen it, at the end, have you seen the movie Duel? At the end, when you see the truck, right? He uses that exact sound effect when, when you see Jaws dying. Yeah, I thought it was so cool. I love little stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so listen, I encourage you guys, June 26th, no, June 27th, a week from today, June 27th, Hawthorne Theater, 7 p.m. Make sure you get your tickets on Eventbrite. The tickets are free. You can find them on thetowncast.com, the link, uh, Hawthorne Towncast, Glen Rock Towncast. Ask your friends. Make sure you get your tickets early because it's going to be a sellout. It's a chance. It's a chance to to go to the movies for free. I mean, with with everything that's happening with inflation and the cost, the cost of gas and and the cost of everything else going up, we at the Towncast wanted to be able to open this up to the community and and invite you guys to come and see a great summer classic on the big screen. You know, you could watch it on your flat screens. But there is nothing like when the lights go down and you can't get out. <laughs> you know, this could be the first time I see it on a big screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. So I encourage you guys to come out. And uh, Brendan, thank you so much. This oh, was awesome. Real quick, 30 seconds. Um, and, and thank you for that. Um, if you want to read those two books, don't do it at the beginning of summer. Right. <laughs> do it in the middle of winter. Because when you read it in the summertime like I do, you get the heebie-jeebies like you wouldn't believe, and you run out of the water like I did in Beach Haven in spring. <laughs> Just to let you know. And by the way, Matawan Creek, um, it has, they have the shark attack um, oh, monument. Yeah. yeah, you sent yeah, me that Which I'll, I'll send, uh, you guys will be able to see it on Flaps Yeah, Flab's I'm going to post it up here. you see it right now. Um, and you could go to the monument and check it out. It's a little tough to get to the Wyckoff Dock, um, but uh, if, you're, if you're driving down the local lanes of the Garden State Parkway right before the Keyport exit, and still be careful driving, unless you're a passenger, you can do, do all the viewing that you want. If you look to your right, you're gonna see the Matawan Creek come below you, and it's gonna wind a little bit, and right before it makes a right turn, uh, and it's not too far from where the railroad trestle is, that's where the Wyckoff Dock was. And on, in low water, you could actually still see the pylons no. from the parkway of the original Wyckoff Dock. That's where all of that stuff happened, right there within eyesight of the Garden State Parkway. Dude, in your in your second career, 
or your third career, I think you should be a Jaws tour guide and, and, and get a little, how cool would that be? Get a little van and just drive it, hit all of the places where where these actual events happen. I'd love to, man. And then you end up on the beach and you spend a day frolicking in the water like, uh, like the dog. <laughs> and then you run out. And then you run out when you hear the theme in your head. Brendan, thank you uh, so thanks, much, bro. Lab. It's my absolute pleasure, man. Thank, and thanks for everything that you do, man. It's awesome. No, I, I love the town, it's, it's my pleasure. Love it's my town, pleasure. And, and guys, again, I encourage you to check out Stone and Rail. I've been trying to get these guys on the Towncast for a long time. They're eluding me. If you do come in, tell them, hey, how come you guys have never been on the Towncast? Maybe that'll, uh, that'll free things up a little bit. So hopefully we'll see you guys next week, next Monday night, 7 p.m., Hawthorne Theater. And make sure you go out, you support your local restaurants, your local businesses, and come out for a free night at the theater. We're going to see you there, right? Absolutely, man. All right, brother. All right, brother. All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. See you, man. Be well.